Oh God, help us to listen to your word with understanding, to receive it with faith, and to obey it with courage. For Jesus Christ's sake, amen. In a little while this morning, we'll go outside to our memorial and remember those who have laid down their lives all over a century of wars to defend us and to keep our country safe. We will be looking back and thinking about times past. And for some of us, they're times that you read about in history books. But for some of us, they're times that we remember quite clearly. When I go past Ikea on the North Circular Road, where my father's vicarage was, I remember sitting at night in a Morrison shelter with doodlebugs exploding all around us and then getting up and going to school in the morning. And that, for me, was just how life was. Of course, now I know that it wasn't, but I think that experience has always made me ready for change leaving the past behind and looking forward to what's going to happen in the future. And I hope that applies to my church life too. Even having survived five rectors, I can still think about new things happening and be ready when they come along and grab them with both hands when they arrive. And surely our gospel reading this morning is about that. Be ready when a good thing comes along and go with it wherever it takes us. And that is so exciting. And weddings are exciting. And we've got quite a few exciting ones coming up at Holy Trinity in the next few months. This one that the bridesmaids are waiting for seems to be very important and very lavish. And we know that weddings in Jesus' day went on for a very long time, even days. And we only have to look at the wedding at Cana to see how things could go wrong over time like the disaster of the wine running out. Just like weddings today, a great deal of planning went on, and the ceremony could only start when everything was in place. Delays could happen if there were last-minute changes or new negotiations had to take place between the groom and the bride's family. Whatever was happening at the wedding in Jesus' story, we know that the bridesmaids and the guests were waiting for the groom to come, so that the feast could begin, and he was very, very late. Now, we all know in this country, it's usually the bride who keeps everyone waiting, so it cheers me up no end to know that bridegrooms can be late too. But it is a big deal for those poor, unfortunate bridesmaids who have the very important task of showing all the guests the way in the dark to the house where the celebrations will take place. So what were those five silly girls thinking about? Why haven't they brought some spare oil with them? They're not just silly, they're downright neglectful. And thank goodness there was no health and safety in those days. Anyway, like many of our young people today, they couldn't stand the pace. And as they sit around on this warm, sunny evening, they fall asleep. When the shout goes up that the groomers arrive, they wake up with a start and immediately the sensible girls with the extra oil trim their lamps and they're ready to go. And when the silly girls come to them pleading with them to share, again, just like some people today, they tell them to go out and get their own. And of course the inevitable happens. 
And when those five girls who just hadn't thought it out returned from their shopping expedition, the procession they were supposed to light, the way for has gone. The bridegroom has reached his parents' house, and because they don't want intruders, the doors have been shut, and the party has started. And when they plead with the bridegroom to let them in, he tells them he doesn't recognize them. They weren't alert, and they weren't there to light the way, and now they can't join in because they're too late. Jesus is telling us that we must keep up to date with all we are doing because he could be back any time. And of course, after his resurrection, his disciples really did expect him to return very soon, during, certainly during their lifetime. So perhaps Jesus is telling his disciples not to sit on their laurels and to think that they don't have to carry out his work. Because if they think that, and if they think that will be the case, they are deluded. He needs them to keep on working hard in his absence. In this amazing parable, Jesus is telling us and his disciples that although the wait will be long, he expects us to do a lot of work for him in the meantime. Jesus wants us to keep our lamps burning so that his ideas and his teaching will spread even though he's gone. And the sensible and wise girls in the story are the people we need to be like, the ones actively bearing his fruit. And then we will be the ones inside the house when the great moment comes. So here we are, still working hard for Jesus, still growing God's kingdom each and every day still reaching out to bring new people into Jesus' love and care. We are his servants, working in his name. Or are we? I just wonder how ready you and I feel at this moment. Are our lamps trimmed when we're asked to do this job or that? How much of our time and energy are we prepared to give when it's really needed? Do we look around and see what the next thing needs to be done, or do we wait to be asked? When we see requests on the notice sheet, are we the ones who say, let's find out what it's all about because maybe I could have a go? Or do we think, I couldn't do that, and throw the sheet into the waste paper basket, binned forever? I know, I've done it. We have so many calls on our time and on our energy. And even now, when I do sometimes have the space to sit at home, I look at what's coming up and I think, they won't miss me. I'll just stay here and do nothing. What a foolish bridesmaid. Because you see, we are all needed if this church is to be really fruitful. And as things change, we need to be aware of what's happening. We've been blessed by amazing interns for quite a while now, but we've none this year. And there are occasions when the hole they've left suddenly becomes a void. We are blessed by all of you who offer to help us with so many things, and many of you are bearing fruit with your lamps lit, ready for the off. So all I'm asking is that you are alert looking for anything you notice may need doing. Jesus tells us in that parable 
that our Christian lives will be a marathon rather than a sprint. But he gives us freely of the oil of enthusiasm in our worship and in our work and in all we do in his name. I think my father was an amazing Christian. It's only when I look back I realize just how many risks he took to make sure that all those he had under his wing were safe and loved by God. This year, I read in the Church Times an obituary for a priest called Gunther Helft, who had done great work in his lifetime. And childhood memories about the Second World War flooded back. And I remember Gunn being in our vicarage, a German, cared for by my father, and I suddenly realized what a risk he must have taken and how much it must have meant to him because it could have backfired on him any moment. But I'm sure if you, I had asked him, what he would have said was, it was my job and something he had to do. We are the church and whatever job we do, we know that Jesus, the light of the world, is always there, protecting our lives front and back. And when he is, we can achieve anything. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you showed us that by dying for us on the cross for our sins, the price of freedom is great. Let the light of your love shine on all nations and peoples today and help all of us to pursue peace in the world. Amen.